Major Lindsay in Africa presents Between the Legal Lines, a podcast focused on leading women lawyers who have pushed beyond the boundaries and found success. Welcome to Between the Legal Lines. My name is Eliza Stoker, and I am your host. This podcast is a series of monthly interviews within which we explore how women, who also happen to be both lawyers and executives, navigate those boundaries that get placed upon them due to their roles and their demographic. These women have found success despite those sometimes very narrowly drawn lines that govern what is acceptable and what is not. And each month we will hear a new story from a different woman about what that's been like. I do have someone with me here today. Her name is Beata Para, and she is the Managing Director and Head of Legal for Corporate and Investment Banking at Unicredit Bank AG. Now, as always, our interviewee, Beata, will be speaking from a personal and private place and not necessarily regarding the feelings of her corporate employer. So welcome, Beata, to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role, please. Yes, so thank you, Eliza, for having me on that show. I'm I'm very, very happy to participate. I think this is a, a great uh, topic, a great line of interview. Um, lots of interesting questions there to explore. So I have been in my current role um, for uh, just about two and a half years. Um, I manage the um, legal in-house department uh, on a very, very broad range of topics. So anything that you would expect uh, an in-house department to do. So that includes uh, litigation management, uh, uh, managing the transactional team, uh, uh, regulatory uh, topics, um, anything that has to do uh, with kind of uh, Dodd-Frank implications or bank holding com- uh, company act. Um, so I'm covering a broad range of, uh, of subjects. And I see myself a little bit also as a liaison between uh, our corporate headquarters um, that are in uh, uh, Milan and, uh, and, and really the, um, the, the legal community in, in New York. Um, so I, I kind of straddle uh, a little bit both of these environments and, uh, and make sure that we're well covered here. It sounds like a big job and a true legal generalist position. I heard you say litigation and regulatory concerns. Um, I imagine it comes with a lot of stress. Um, it comes with <laughs> with a good amount of opportunities to kind of take a step back, pause, and think how best to approach topics. Um, And that is true. Uh, There's a lot of stakeholders and a lot of players in in most of the issues that we address, and I refer there to internal stakeholders and players. Um, And it it gives you a lot of opportunity to really think, how do you present a topic? How do you educate? Um, Obviously, we're moving in different legal environments. So um, the U.S. obviously being a common law country, um, our most of our stakeholders residing in a civil law country. Um, our senior management um, very often is from civil law countries, or most of the time is from civil law countries. And so, a lot of my role is also translating concepts, um, and that is true both for legal concepts as well as, um, to a certain extent, cultural issues. Also, um, how how to approach um, how to approach um, regulators, how to approach stakeholders here. Um, so it's a very, 
<laughs> it's a very diplomatic role also, I would say. <laughs> Are you naturally a diplomatic person? I don't know. See, I'm asking myself that question. So I I'm very transparent and very uh, open and very direct. Um, but I try to um, have a certain measure of um, of diplomacy and pleasantness around it. Um, so I do think a lot about how to present things so that um, it gives the other side the opportunity um, to respond in the best way possible, um, a safe face if that's necessary. So I think um, I think um, there's very often there's multiple ways to achieve a result, and I think. Um, it's it's time well spent to think about how to best present it. So, yes, I think in that sense I'm diplomatic, um, but um, I'm also I, I'm also kind of very very direct and very transparent. We'll come back to that because I do mm -hmm. want to speak to you about authenticity, and I think that's what you're touching on, um, which is a really yeah. interesting topic for as we talk about women and building success. I think authenticity becomes a really interesting topic. So let's talk a little bit about how you came to be in the position you're currently in. Uh, what was the path like for you to get there? So I have a somewhat uh, unusual path, but also uh, on the other hand, really not, right? So I uh, I uh, went uh, to a law firm uh, right out of law school. I got, um, so the particular law firm where I was had um, a system of rotation. Um, so you would rotate through banking. So I was on the corporate side, obviously. You would rotate um, through banking, through M&A, uh, through uh, securities, and so from the get-go, the idea was to be kind of sort of a well-rounded uh, corporate attorney. Um, I have to say that um, I hadn't really intended on going that route uh, towards kind of uh, corporate law. Um, it was really an opportunity that presented itself after law, after law school. And I, <laughs> I, have, to, I have to say that... Um, I was walking that fine line of, on one hand, just being drowned, just drowning in work, um, as it is very common uh, when when you are first or second uh, year associate at a law firm. Um, but at the same time, always feeling like an imposter, right? That I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and for me, it wasn't really until I went in house, um, where <clears throat> I I worked very closely in a relatively small legal department where I had really three mentors that each one had a slightly different view on how to approach um, uh, the in-house practice, um, but but very, very close mentoring from each one of them that I received where I really kind of sort of learned a lot about drafting, learned a lot about how to problem solve, learned a lot about how to, um, how to, how to work in-house, which is very, very different than um, than when you service client at a law firm. And also kind of substantively things really came to, together for me. I, I started to understand how, how things really work together, um, what, what the business really needs, how the business thinks about things, um, and how we can best support the business. Um, so, so for me, things really came together in-house. And I also knew um, that in-house for me is a better match generally because 
I feel like <clears throat> when you are in-house, you have uh, lasting relationships where over time you really build uh, credibility, uh, you build trust, um, you get to know your internal clients better, they get to know you better, um, you navigate difficult, difficult situations together, um, and, and and which prepares you then to be even better prepared for the next difficult situation. Um, so, so for me, the the, the in-house role um, and the continuity that it has is 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 really really a good match. Um, it's it's also when you are in-house, a lot of the decisions that you make uh, when you advise senior management, it's it's really thinking in long terms. Um, so it's not so much kind of this deal and then the deal is over and everybody moves on. Uh, but it is really kind of a, a more long-term relationship, which suits me. You mentioned having had two mentors, and it sounded like they were really important to you in your development. Uh, did that mentoring ever enter more personal territories, or was it always strictly business? It was always really strictly business. I mean, we would obviously get to know each other really well. Um, but the focus was uh, was was really kind of very very business oriented. But also, um, I I should say that it was it wasn't really mentoring in the sense that it was intended to sort of help me navigate uh, the, the the corporate ladder or the corporate structure. It was very very legal um, oriented in the sense that. Um, it was, it was not very glamorous, right? So it was, <laughs> it was really, here I'm presenting you my draft, and I would get the draft back, and it was like ripped to shreds. Um, and, Which can and, be very helpful, right, for a young woman. That's very helpful. It is yeah. helpful. It is extreme, and it's exactly what somebody needs to do, and and this is exactly how you learn. And um, and and I honestly, I have to tell you, I kind of sort of, I was a sponge in that, and I really, really absorbed it. And um, and it's the kind of things that technically you learn in law school, but you really don't learn in law school. And and for me, it was really kind of sort of with that. Um, in-house mentor relationship where, and I, I really worked through uh, the draft, the revised draft when I got it back and, 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 and really thought about the markup and why it's better to do it this way than any other way. Um, and I, I have to tell you, I have since um, used that same approach um, uh, with, with, with even any, anybody from an intern working for me to uh, to, to people in my team, obviously, uh, they're my team and, and they're more senior. I don't rip their work apart. But but really sitting um, and teaching, um, I think this is how, how knowledge um, and, and, and legal ability and skill gets really um, passed on uh, from one professional generation to another. And I think it's extremely important. And I, um, I actually have my team do the same thing when they work with interns. Um, so we're spending a lot of time, um, and I, I, I encourage that um, to really spend time um, uh, where you feel sometimes that you're investing time that you're not necessarily getting back always uh, mm -hmm. by increased productivity. But it's kind of the paying it forward concept, where you know, really kind of giving giving context when you're giving instructions, um, giving gi giving kind of uh, providing color how these things fit, how this 
particular task fits into the bigger picture, um, um, you know, answering answering questions, um, and 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 then sitting, you know, sitting again, look going over the work product. Um, so, <clears throat> so I think that's that's very very important. People did that with me. Um, I I really appreciated it, and I certainly um, kind of do the same um, the same now uh, to more junior people. So I love this concept of dividing mentoring into two categories. Um, some of your comments just got me thinking about this. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, there are people who help you refine your craft. And it sounds like you were very open to having your craft refined through feedback. And now you're paying mm -hmm. it forward to others. Mm -hmm. What about that other avenue of mentoring? Did you even need or want someone to help you navigate the corporate ladder? Was that something you viewed as necessary or desirable? So I don't think I ever really had anybody um, once I was on the in-house path where I would say that they kind of paved the road for me or paved the way for me. Um, I I feel like the way I learned was by really watching very carefully what to do and what not to do um, and trying to take what I thought was a good approach and making it work for myself so that it fits with who I am. Um, but it was largely anecdotal. Um, so it was people that I considered role models and really taking the best part of their behavior and trying to apply that. Um, so if, if, I, if I looked at myself now and how I operate, I have multiple role models. Um, and I still continue to do that. I still continue um, to look at what do people do that I like to work with or that I feel have a very good way of working with others, presenting um, ideas and, 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 and people where I feel they have a very good sense of um, kind of fairness and openness and, 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 and clarity how they go about about things, um, giving credit to others. So it goes along those lines of like what values are important to me, um, which of those values do I think are actually helpful at work, do I recognize these values in others, how do they translate it into their daily work and what can I learn from that. Um, so I, like I said, I, I don't feel I ever had anybody who says, listen, just follow me and that will be the way to the top. <laughs> um, um, which, frankly, I have seen that happens, right? Yeah, um, it does happen sometimes. It happens. I've, I've seen that that was never my situation. As a matter of fact, I think very often you have a situation where somebody is a mentor to you today and you will come to a point where, you know, kind of there, there comes a point where the you know, you know, you kind of sort of, in order for you to grow, you need to kind of move on or you need to move into a slightly different direction because 
if you look at this as an apprenticeship, both of skill and craft as well as um, intangibles, um, it, it is very possible that, that you come to a point where you go, okay, I've learned what I can learn here. It's kind of sort of time to move on. And, uh, and that if you stay too long um, in, a, in, in, a, in, in a situation where you're being sort of where, where you're being mentored and where it was helpful for a certain amount of time, you can also very easily get stuck, right? Um, because by definition, you are very junior when you are being mentored and you hopefully outgrow um, kind of sort of that role. Um, and that that certainly has happened also to me in, in, in a good way, right? There's nothing wrong with that. No, there certainly isn't. Um, and I think it's a very practical view. And you're, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you can't. So when I joined MLA, I had a mentor who was very important to me in terms of learning legal search, um, and that person yep. now reports to me. So <laughs> I can't claim that I'm still being mentored by that person. Yep. Um, so those relationships have to change over time. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I love this concept of learning anecdotally. Uh, I think you said what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, we're not really talking about your current employer. We're talking about the span of your career and your yes. lifetime of experiences. But what have you learned not to do? Um, so I have one of the most important things that when I come into a new role, I, I I have seen people, I've been on the receiving end where somebody comes into a new role and before they even understand anything, they, they already come in with, you know, kind of prepared with a plan of everything that will change. And I've I've never seen that work well. Okay. You alienate everybody from the get-go because by definition you will say stupid things because you don't know how things work, right? <laughs> yes. And, and so it's that. not yeah. that difficult. You come in and you open your ears and you listen, right? <laughs> and you take everything a little bit with a grain of salt and you compare what different people tell you and you get the lay of the land and you come in knowing, you know, knowing what you don't know, knowing that nobody expects you to know everything um, or be good at everything. And, 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 you know, you, you, you ask questions and it, I mean, it seems so, <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so obvious, but I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people uh, do the exact opposite and and go right into action mode to show to impress others. Um, so that is one thing. The other thing is there's always the issue of managing up, managing down, managing sideways. And I've seen people over time that are very very good managing up, and I think uh, that gets you somewhere. Um, I always felt that you. You you have to you have to manage to have excellent relations in every direction, right? And it obviously requires somewhat different skill set. Uh, but I'm you know I'm, I'm I think you have to be very clear for managing up. Really, I I think the approach is what. Can what would I want if I'm in my boss's role, right? And 
what can I do to to make my boss's life easier, right? And that has to do with really kind of being a trusted, confident, being 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 supportive, being 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 factually accurate, obviously uh, thinking together, thinking strategically, really being. Uh, being all around supportive, um, keeping your boss well informed so they're never caught off guard, knowing what to escalate, uh, knowing what not to escalate. Um, and then I think with the people reporting to you, it is really a, I see my role to see their strengths um, and foster that and help them develop and protect them from a lot of the uh, the political winds that blow one way or another, um, and really kind of keep the path clear for them as much as possible so that they can stand on their own merits. Um, and also really helping, um, helping them develop their own reputation, making sure that the things that they do uh, well, that they get credit for that, uh, protecting them, um, giving them space to grow. Um, so I, I would say I have very high expectations in the people that work with me, but, um, but I'm also very, very easy to work for uh, because it's very clear and my expectations sort of don't change. Once they are established, it's very, very clear um, that we just operate, uh, that we're extremely responsive to our clients, that we give them high-quality work, high-quality work product, um, that... Um, that we're polite, that we're friendly, that we're <laughs> um, things that you would, you know, things that you would expect, right? <laughs> and um, and with your peers, it's it's really kind of it's it's teamwork. It's it's kind of solving um, solving issues that will inevitably come, right? Where in certain situations you might not see eye to eye, but 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 you can always have an open line of communication. You can you can self-correct to the extent that you can do things slightly better. So I think in my mind, I always have these three sort of lines of relationships. Um, and 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 I think I, I think to me that um, that's kind of sort of where where I move. And I try in in all those relationships to really be who I am in general, right? So um, with, with with all of my strengths, with all of my weaknesses, and really being the best of me that I can be at work. Is that the same thing as authenticity, or how would you define authenticity? I think so. I think so because I, I think the, the opposite of authenticity would be to basically um, – you know, look at either very superficial behavior of, okay, this is how I have to act and this is really, and it's very exhausting, right? If you kind of, <laughs> this is what's expected and this is what I have to play, um, but it's sort of disconnected from from who you, from who you actually are. Um, and and so, so I think the, having that kind of sort of connection to yourself and, and who you are, um, is, is probably the closest that you can come to, to to the definition of what it means to be your authentic self at work. I know there's a lot of talk about that, and I think it's 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 kind of it's it's easier to describe when you know that you are not right. I think when you are at ease um, and you are comfortable and you feel like you 
you can you feel you're using your strength um and you feel that you um that you have support um to sort of make up for your not so strong points um i i think you know it when you are in that situation at work um and i think you know very much the opposite too when you have to pretend that you're something that you're not right and then you know it's just not a fit that's very important um, uh, cause I was going to ask if you thought it was easier to be your authentic self in certain contexts than in others. Absolutely. And, 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 and it, I think there, there can be a setting where it is just not a match and, and you know it when you're in that setting and sometimes you can work around it. Sometimes it's just, uh, a, a kind of a temporary, issue and obviously you, you have to be in the situation to know that um but there are certainly places where it's it's just not a match from 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 the values from the approach from the tone that's set from the top um and on the flip side if you if, if you have that match you know that and you 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 feel that you can really function at your best that does not mean that there are not difficult situations that there are not personality clashes that there's not a lot of frustrating bureaucracy that you will have to deal with. You have that in every single place. Um, but, but I do think that there are certain environments where, where you as a person are a fit, and uh, and 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 where you where you actually feel that there is very little, like I describe it, very little difference in who you are with your friends. Um, and and who you are at work. Obviously, you talk about different things with your friends. And you do different <laughs> things with your friends. But but it, but generically, you are not a different person. Your 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 way, how you relate, your sense of humor, you know, you, the way you approach problems, those kind of very very fundamental things. I feel you should be able to 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 do these at work um, and 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 bring those those qualities. Um, and, 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 and you should feel that, that it, you know, it's a match, it works, it, it, you, you, you're advancing, you're improving, um, you know, you, 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 people respond well to you, uh, people feel that you're contributing, um, you know you're contributing, right? Um, it, it goes hand in hand with generally, you know, you like being at work, right? You like the interaction, you are, you're actually looking forward to uh, to seeing your peers, to seeing your team, um, I think those are all indicators that you, that it's going the right way. Is it always contextual, or are there some people who struggle to be authentic more than other people? That is a very, very interesting question. Um, so I think the answer is the latter. And the reason I think this is because it's a two-way street. I think you have to be brave to be authentic at work. If if your setup is that you wanna, I'm gonna use the word, just weasel through. And it's, you know, it's work as a, so if your expectation is work as a place, you know, I just have to be there a certain amount of time and, you know, I have a chore that I will have to perform and that's it. And then the sooner I can get out, the better. And it's almost like it's not an important part of my life. And for whatever reason, and I'm saying that without judgment, but if that's your approach, right, 
and and basically you decide to kind of hide, right? And that's your expectation that it doesn't matter the place, right? The place can be fantastic, but you are not showing up. Um, likewise, right? I think there are places where it doesn't matter how 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 open you would be; it's just not that kind of place. Um, so I think it has to be it has to be it has to be truly both. But to your question, it, it is contextual. But I also think um, I think it it also starts with you as a person, and that the expectation is that you want to be in a place where you can be a whole person, and you you also when you are there, you are showing up as a whole person. And like I said, that is that. That that is a high expectation. Um, you're making yourself to a certain extent, to a certain extent, maybe a little bit more vulnerable than if you if you were completely detached. Um, but you're also getting more of a reward. And um, and and so so yes, so I think it's 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 both. Um, but I think it starts with I would say it starts in, in it, certainly the way I feel it. It starts with me. Right. It starts that that is my expectation um, in myself, but also in the place where I spend a lot of time, um, meaning at work. My expectation is to to show up as with, in my in my in my, with everything, but also in the best way that I can possibly be. Do you ever feel like you are particularly lucky? in that you have a personality that allows you to access your authentic self and be brave at work? You are asking such good questions. <laughs> I start... <laughs> but you keep saying these interesting things, and I want to ask follow-up questions. <laughs> so I generally feel that I'm very lucky, period. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's a good feeling. Um. And it's hard for me to answer the second part um, because I obviously I only know myself with my personality, so I don't know um, how it is for other people. Um, and and I, but but I would also say it's interesting, right? Because I feel like maybe for me, uh, because it's so important, it's kind of. I'm lucky and I'm not, right? Because it's so important for me that if the setting is right, I'm extremely lucky. If the setting is wrong, I'm maybe a little bit more miserable than somebody who doesn't care so much about it. Do you see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I do. So it's like I, I either really flourish or I'm really not happy in a situation and I can probably – other people might be able to just uh, compartmentalize it and and this is just work and I don't care and, and for me that's kind of harder right I, I I'm if I'm not happy at work I'm I'm truly not happy and and so um, and I think overall that makes me lucky because it forces me to look for situations that um, where where I know I can I can I can flourish I I can contribute I can I don't have to pretend I'm something that I'm not um, I can I can 
you know, analyze how something is maybe not going in the best possible way, and and, and I have the room to self-correct that, and um, and and so having having that um, uh, that environment where I can do all of those things. Um, is 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 on one hand it's lucky if you find it on the other hand um my expectation is also um to the extent that it is possible it's it's kind of sort of a non-negotiable i want to be in an environment because i have to right because i can't i can't just sort of uh wing it in an environment where you know i spend eight or nine or ten hours a day and i'm just <laughs> it's just and for other people it's like they like i said they can you know, walled it off, it's just work, and it doesn't really get to them. I know that's not me, right? I know it would affect me, and it would bleed into other areas of my life. So for me, it's like I have to do it right. You are in a truly global workplace. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your headquarters are in Milan, you're Mm -hmm. in New York, Mm -hmm. um, and your organization is diverse as well as geographic. Uh, It's ethnically diverse as well. So how does diversity and authenticity interact is there a nexus there um are they sometimes at odds what's the interaction like there so i think there is more leniency on one hand because we never know if somebody's somebody's uh, behavior is just a personality quirk or if it's cultural (laughs) (laughs) um but but i do mean that um it's because because you have different approaches, um, how people approach work, how people approach their relationships with their colleagues, um, and because we know by definition it's it's different. Um, it's different in Italy. It's different in in, in Germany. It's different in in, in Eastern Europe. Um, it's different in Asia. It's different in the U.S. So it gives you in a way, more permission, again, to be yourself because there is not one mold that has to fit everybody because already it's not one mold. Um, and so I think that is actually very, very helpful. Um, i give you a perfect example, right? So um, the relationships, the work relationships, I would say, uh, for instance, um, when we're dealing with um, with Germany, uh, it tend to be more formal. And when the Germans are with uh, amongst themselves, they certainly they address each other uh, not on a first name basis, but on a last name basis. Um, and it would be very difficult, maybe, to break out of that mold um, if, if if you're strictly working in Germany. But in the U.S., everything is first name basis. So what do you do when you have a phone call where you have a mixed group of people, right? By definition. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really get upset if somebody calls you by your first name if you're German because that's what they do, right? And so, <laughs> and so, um, likewise, you know, it's it's interesting because our our common language is uh, <laughs> we like to joke that our common language is broken English, <laughs> which is kind of true, huh? And and so it it it, it again that helps you in a way to be, it makes it easier for people to be authentic um, because sometimes if it is not your first language, um, you have to kind of sort of concentrate on the basics. And 
and and in a way that's um it humanizes people right hmm. um so so i i think all of those are actually um advantages um that that for me for me it, i i really appreciate it and i actually in, in, in enjoy that and 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 if, if if you know being in new york so it's it's interesting for me because i have um the new york office because it's in new york and new york is a very diverse um city probably more diverse than than we are in other locations so i feel like i have double diversity right so i have the diversity because of my location here but then i also have the diversity because all day long i'm really dealing with people in other locations also um and it, like i said in um in summary, I would say, in a way, it increases obviously the potential for misunderstandings, but it also um, humanizes people if you choose that to be the case. I have only one final question for you, and yeah. then you'll have an opportunity to add anything that we haven't mm -hmm. covered. Mm -hmm. um, what What are you best at? Motivating people. I think I I I I connect with people. I read people. I I. I I have a feel for people and situations. I can support people in their growth, um, which in return um, incentivizes people to want to help me also. And I have no trouble on a with my team asking for help. And, and frankly, with my peers also, for help, for input, um, and and I take all of this input um, that is so much bigger than what I could come up with, and make that work and grow. That sounds like a very powerful skill. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you were hoping to have an opportunity to discuss today? I could go on and on. I, I, you know, yeah, we have a book I, here. I, like, I feel like we have the makings of a book in this conversation. <laughs> yes, because you know, it's it's so interesting um, how you know how work has evolved right and what we hope to get out of work and what we hope to contribute to work and we're spending so much time at work right um and 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 work bleeds into our personal life and our personal life bleeds into work and we're constantly connected and 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 it's 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 that that whole topic right how how can actually one enhance the other to me, has there's still a lot of room, sort of, to explore that, um, and it, you know, and 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 how we actually can relate better at work, and how we can can really um, show up as 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 whole human beings, um, and and you know, have have relationships that are truly respectful, not so much respectful uh, related on. Uh, relating to title or corporate ladder or but but really from one human being to another because we're spending so much time together and it's interesting right because at work you're just thrown together right so it's it's as opposed to your friends where it's kind of sort of these relationships but 
sort of a training wheels because you pick people that you are that you have an affinity with. All right, now let's take this into another environment. The things that you learn, and 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 how does it apply to people that are just randomly put together, right? And that actually have a task which is very often to accomplish things that when you go into the task, you think it's impossible, very different, very difficult, or uh, at the very least, very frustrating, right? Because a lot of those projects that you have to tackle are difficult, right? And so then what happens to your relationships? And how do you, how do you relate so that it contributes to the task at hand? And how does that, how is the feedback loop, how that makes you a better person? So I think there's a lot to be sort of unwrapped and explored and, I find it fascinating because work is changing so much and, you know, it, 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 it's in a globalized setting now. And and I think it, this is a whole playground kind of sort of ideas and how um, how we deal with it and how we have a conversation about it. So I, um, I think we just scratched the surface is my point. I think you're correct. And I think you're now my favorite interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can I, I, return the compliment. This was my most favorite interview. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Well, we are going to have a fun lunch then. I'm going to really Excellent. enjoy getting to know you even better. And I'm serious about this. While you were talking, my head was really spinning. I was taking notes, um, thinking about there is something. I know a lot of books have been written about authenticity. I know it's sort of a buzzword right now, yeah. but I don't think anyone's really quite got Nothing I've read has felt, has resonated in a particular way. Yeah. Um, I think this conversation got a lot closer to, to what it means and what the advantages are. And yeah. I do think it's about luck. I think, like you, I am lucky in that yeah. I just have, for whatever reason, figured out who I am and how I act, and, you know, like, I can, I can present that wherever I go. Yeah. And I do feel lucky because of that. Yeah. I, I agree, and I think this is something that is really just, kind of starting and um and nobody has figured it out which is which is great right because that gives obviously a lot of opportunity this has been between the legal lines and you've just heard from Beata Para the managing director and head of legal for corporate and investment banking at Unicredit Bank AG I'm Eliza Stoker from Major Lindsay in Africa thank you for listening tune in next month for a new story from another woman successfully operating between the legal lines if you'd like to be interviewed for this podcast, please contact me at eStoker at MLAglobal.com. Discover how Major Lindsay in Africa can help you navigate the legal landscape at www.mlaglobal.com.